So before I get into episode two of Outside the Ropes, I know, I know, this is supposed to be the subset of the Young Lions perspective where we talk about everything other than professional wrestling, but I want to talk about something somewhat pro wrestling real quick. They announced earlier today, um, and if you haven't checked out my Instagram yet, at young underscore lines underscore perspective, you'll know that AEW has finally announced that they are going to be on TNT in in the fall. Now, we don't know, we apparently don't know what day it's going to be on, even though there's been rumors for so long about, you know, them getting the rights for Tuesday Night Dynamite. And now we know, and I actually heard on Cultaholic and what culture that they're going to be having the WWE show that they're supposed to have for FS1 on the same night as Tuesday Night Dynamite or whatever the name or whatever day it may be on. But let me see if I could pull this up real quick. There we go. And this is actually from F4WOnline.com. This is the one that I saw, the announcement I saw real quick. So AEW and TNT announced TV deal live matches to begin this year. This is from Joseph Courier. And we have a little update that Double or Nothing will cost $49.99 on BR Live. Why can't it be on Fight TV, though? I mean, it just makes sense. Just put it on fucking Fight TV. I don't need to be spending, you know, 50 bucks. Oh, my God. I mean, it bees what it bees. If I can find a better way to find it, I will. Unless they put it on New Japan World, which I doubt. But, hey, bees what it bees. So let's get into this article real quick before we talk about uh, all the other things I want to talk about on Outside the Ropes Episode 2. By the way, thank you so much for joining me on this episode of the podcast. Greatly and truly appreciate it. Here we go. Four months after the promotion was first announced, All Elite Wrestling has revealed TNT as their television home. AEW and Warner Media issued a press release this morning announcing that AEW will be airing, we begin airing live weekly matches on TNT in primetime later this year. Further details on when the weekly show will begin, what day it will be on, the length of it, and its name have yet to be revealed. Tuesday Night Dynamite, though. The press released touted a multi-platform approach that will include Warner Media's Bleacher Report live service and pay-per-view. BR Live will be the exclusive digital streaming partner for Double or Nothing in the United States, with the event also available on via traditional pay-per-view. That's actually going to cost like double, probably. They'll probably get that for like $85 or some shit. I don't know. Double or Nothing is taking place at the NGM Grand Garden Arena in Las Vegas on Saturday, May 25th. So next Saturday, this is your reminder. Next Saturday night, the buy-in, AEW's pre-show for Double or Nothing, will stream live via Warner Media and AEW's social media channels. The press release hyped that AEW will be focused on fast-paced, high-impact competition that will offer fans, and I quote, less scripted, soapy drama, and more athleticism and real sports analytics, bringing a legitimacy to wrestling that it has not previously had. Wrestlers will be given more freedom to explore their characters and highlight their athletic abilities, Include introducing statistics to wrestling for the first time ever. AEW will raise the stakes for its matches and deepen fan engagement by tracking each competitor's wins and losses as the wrestlers pursue championships, analyzing their moves, assessing damage to their opponents, and providing insights into their win streaks, end quote. And this is another quote from Michael Quigley, Executive Vice President, Commercial Operations, Content Strategy, Monetization. Damn. All Elite Wrestling, and I quote, All Elite Elite Wrestling is a talent-forward, fan-first league whose inclusive approach to creating high-quality athletic wrestling competitions is already making waves with fans attracting top-tier wrestlers. It is high-adrenaline, gripping entertainment, and we can't wait to bring it to fans everywhere with this game-changing new business, end quote. Tony Khan actually spoke on the whole AEW thing, saying, and I quote, Wrestling fans have wanted and needed something different, authentic, and better for far too long. AEW is answering the call. AEW is about more than wrestling. It's about a movement fueled by wrestling fans who have been underserved and perhaps even disappointed by what the industry has produced in recent years. 
AEW is writing to the occasion with Double or Nothing and today taking it a step further by partnering with Warner Media, which is as committed as we are to making wrestling fans the one and only priority. With Warner Media, AEW is poised globally to redefine wrestling as we know it today. End quote. TNT's Twitter account were about in the news, and I quote, We're back in the wrestling business. Hashtag AEW at AE Wrestling. End quote. This is now officially a big fucking deal for the simple fact that now we have officially, no, we officially know AEW is going to be on TNT. We don't know what day, still don't know how long the length of the show is going to be, but now it's official. WWE is now going to have competition with AEW come this fall. Of course, with SmackDown going over to SmackDown, uh, SmackDown Live going over to Fridays uh, on Fox, all Fox networks, FS1, all that goodness. You then have that opening for AEW to take over Tuesday if they wanted to, which has been the rumor for a long time. And everybody know, everybody's heard about you know them buying, then getting the rights to the names Tuesday Night Dynamite, you know all this stuff. This is now. And I and I saw this on JDN from NY206's Instagram, you know, where he was talking about, you know, AEW not just being a t-shirt company any longer, talking about the announcement of uh, AEW and TNT partnering up. And I actually wrote on there pretty much the gist of like, this is W, this should be WWE's wake up call. For far, for a few years now, I'd say me, like, cause I got back into wrestling, I'd say around 2016. It's not that I didn't watch it every so often while I was living in Myrtle Beach for like three years, but I didn't watch it as much. And I got more into actually New Japan wrestling while I was living in Myrtle Beach than I did with WWE. Me and my boys would play WWE 2K whatever. I think like we had 16 and I think 17. So we played that and had matches of our own, did our own pay-per-views, you know, got lit and just played that. And um, but, but I digress with that. But now watching, I've been living in New Jersey since 2016, back in my home state, and I've seen what opportunities they could have had, because they've had they had many misburking opportunities, and, and more so in 2016 and 2017, they had a lot of missed opportunities to make quality content for the fans. And there was still a lot of stuff I still rode with. I was rocking with my New Japan shit as well. Um, getting into actually, actually, I got into Progress around 2017. ICW around the same time. So it shows that, you know, there is more out there for fans to take in. When WWE at this very moment is pulling in still crappy ratings, um, below average product. And if, and if you think I'm wrong, then, you know, we can have that conversation. But now looking at it, and it's official that AEW is going to be on television, on TNT, just like WCW did before they uh, had its demise in 2001. Freaking Nats and shit. Now it's got competition again. Now, I'm not saying that, you know, they're going to go head to head. But I've been I've been saying for a little while now that AEW is going to put fear into the heart of WWE if WWE doesn't get its act together. Maybe they need competition. Maybe they maybe this is the wake up call that they need. Especially if Double or Nothing is as good as we think it's going to be, because my expectations for Double or Nothing are very high. Seeing from what we saw at All In and what the possibility could be. I mean, with, with all in, sky's the limit, you know. And that was—I thought that was a really good card. I thought it was a good event. I thought it did what exactly it needed to do. Albeit the last match, I needed a little bit of time issues, but that's you know, it is what it is with that. But still, overall, that was a very solid event. They sold out. Doesn't matter by how. They—they they said it was a sellout. All in did what it had to do. It brought up interest. An independent event that pretty much had the world watching. And I'm sure WWE watched too. 
Then with the announcement, you know, that AEW was going to be on its way. And then we had the press conference in February. And I watched every bit of it, you know. And it became this big thing. And now it's official. They are official. Their first pay-per-view, official pay-per-view is next Saturday night. Double or nothing is like literally right around the corner. And we have money in the bank on Sunday. So think of it like that. We're about to have a WWE product on Sunday that's some that I honestly think really hasn't piqued my interest. Not by any stretch of the, you know, word at all. But now we got now now we're literally what? Because because if I had my way, I would do it in October. Right around the time they would start the SmackDown Live show on Friday nights. Put it the same week. Fuck it. Drum up that comp start that competition right then and there. Right then and there. Hell, even do it before the move. Fuck it. I would say want to wait until the week of their first, you know, official week on Fox Network. I would just be a troll and do it. You know, the ending of SmackDown Live on Tuesday nights and the beginning of Tuesday nights with uh, AEW. And with every passing day that AEW begins their march towards live weekly paper, uh, not paper views, Jesus Christ. What is this? Uh, TNA? A la, like, circa 2003 or some shit. You know, when they were doing Wednesday pay-per-views. My God, that'd be dope, though. But I, went, I, I couldn't pay $5.99, like, $4.99 a week. Was it? Yeah, it was, like, four bucks. Like, it was dumb. It was dumb money. Like, even with my teenage years, I had four bucks to spare. Just in case. When I, you know, when I asked my mom to watch TNA, and then she looked at me, like, with weird 22 heads and shit, saying, what the fuck you watch TNA for? Thinking it's porn. <laughs> Swear to God. Swear to God. All, this is all true. Um, yeah, I was like, no, I literally explained to her, it's called non-stop action wrestling. Uh, you know, it's they had a pretty solid event. I want to check it out. She's like, how much is it? Four bucks. She's like, you owe me four bucks. And I literally watched that event the entire night. Summertime. Shit. 2004. Even before, actually, yeah, 2003, 2004. Those summers, those were good summers, man, for me. And I watched that event the first time and I couldn't stop watching it. I watched that I watched that show I think four times that night. And I did not go to sleep until about five AM. And when I woke up, I was just so happy. Good times. But anyway, getting into the whole thing. WWE should start thinking long term. For the next I would say what? Was we're in Oh my god. My tablet's retarded. Anyway. No, but seriously, this is now a big deal. It has to be. It honestly has to be. Because they need this competition. I think, what was it? Because we're in May, June, July, August, September, October. Like five months if they do it in October. If they decide to do it in October, they literally have five months to get its act together. Especially if... The rumors of Fox Network wanting 3 million viewers a week for SmackDown, if that's legitimate, you know, WWE better start planning very quickly. I'm just putting it out there. But anyway, that's enough about pro wrestling stuff. We need to talk about some sports stuff today. And I'm really excited to be doing this because I haven't done it in a while. I didn't do one last month and I'm kind of bummed out. So why not do one for the month of May? This is episode two of Outside the Ropes. And with that being said, let us begin. going on guys zach from the wrestling issues podcast here and welcome to episode two of outside the ropes the show where we don't talk about pro wrestling unless you were listening to the first 13 minutes of the podcast in which you heard some me some of me talk about AEW. anyway 
Thank you guys so much for uh, checking out this episode of the podcast. I greatly and truly appreciate it. I hope you're enjoying your day. It's actually a nice day outside here in Jersey. And after two days of bullshit rain, it is it was it was decent. I mean, low 60s. But hey, I'll, I'll take a sunny day over two shitty days of just rain and depressing nonsense. And just ugh. anyway, guys, I'm looking at my whiteboard right now at three topics I'm going to be talking about for this episode of the podcast and the first one i want to get into immediately and it's not the one you think it is i'm gonna save that for last oh because i got a lot to talk about with that so we're talking about draft lottery last night while i was literally knocked the hell out because i went to sleep at around like five and woke up at 11 so i looked at my phone real quick and just to see who got the draft lottery number one overall pick and surprisingly The New Orleans Pelicans won the NBA Draft Lottery. And I'm looking at a report from the Associated Press. New Orleans wins the NBA Draft Lottery right to pick number one. Zion Williamson has never been in New Orleans. That may be changing very soon. The Pelicans buck seriously long odds Tuesday night, winning the NBA Draft Lottery and the right to have the first chance at selecting the former Duke star next month. Potentially pairing him with Anthony Davis would immediately become one of the league's most intriguing frontcourt duos. This is from David Griffin. Quote, I don't believe the universe makes mistakes, said great David Griffin, who is barely a month into his tenure as New Orleans executive vice president of basketball operations. I just think we have something special going on, end quote. Griffin doesn't play the lottery unless the jackpot is one of those billion dollar type enormous ones. Maybe he should. The ping pong balls seem to bounce his way a lot. Griffin was with Cleveland when the Cavaliers won the lottery in 2011, 2013, and 2014. And now it's the Pelicans, his new employer, which has struck lottery gold. It defied the odds to do it. The Pelicans entered the lottery with a 6% chance of winning the number one pick for the June 20 draft. So now, instead of going into a summer where they may have traded Davis, the player New Orleans got when it won the lottery in 2012, the player who is openly disgruntled this season, the Pelicans have a chance at becoming much better and fast. Quote, this jumps, just, just jump starts the process, Griffin said. It'll be harder for me to mess it up than it would have been before this, end quote. Memphis will choose second, New York third, and I'll talk about them in a minute. And Los Angeles Lakers will pick fourth. The Pelicans, Grizzlies, and Lakers all moved up to get a top four spot. New York, Phoenix, and Cleveland had the best odds of winning the lottery at 14% each. And none of those clubs even got a top two pick. The lottery had a new format this year, and this is what I didn't even hear uh, know about. Um... They had a new format for the lottery, and this is what they got going on here. One that the league hoped would even the playing field in a number of ways and didn't make all-out tanking a more enticing option to teams looking to maximize their chance at securing the number one pick. The Knicks, Suns, and Cavs didn't have much interest in winning this season, with none winning more than 18 games. Actually, no, 19, I'm sorry. 19 games. The ping pong balls apparently weren't interested in having them win the lottery either. Now, this is a, I actually read this a little bit before I recorded, and this this one quote stood out big time. Quote, I don't think you should ever not play to win basketball games, Pelicans coach Alvin Gentry said. I don't see where it would help you. End quote. That is a very big quote. Because now the format from what I'm reading here pretty much tells teams if you tank, the odds may not be may more than likely more than likely not be in your favor for you to get the number one pick. And especially if it's like a guy like Zion Williamson and teams were tanking to get him, thinking they were going to get the spot. Apparently it didn't work out for him. And a lot of people and a lot of people were surprised. Twitter went crazy when they found out Pelicans, the Pelicans had the number one pick. I was shocked myself. I didn't even see them in the radar, so at this very moment, until we see it definitively on June 20th, it is presu- presumably seen here that Zion Williamson is going to be a New Orleans Pelican. Unless seen otherwise, we don't know until we get there. So, moving on here, Cleveland picks fifth, followed by Phoenix, Chicago, and Atlanta. Washington has the nine, number nine, and Atlanta goes again at 10, so they get two picks in the top 10 for Atlanta. And Minnesota is at number 11. Charlotte is next up, followed by Miami at 13. And my boys, the Boston Celtics, get a lottery pick 
at 14. That pick was conveyed to the Celtics by Sacramento as part of an earlier trade. Now, here is a little thing. Uh, I don't know if many people actually had heard about this, unless you're a big NFL, Jesus Christ, NBA draft aficionado, that there was a trade with uh, Sacramento and the Celtics. And I didn't even hear about this because my buddy Russell and I were talking about it and he was talking about the Sixers possibly getting the number one spot. I'm like, how do you know this? He said, if Sacramento gets number one, we get their pick. So I kind of looked it up real quick. I Googled it and saw that that same within that same trade, if Sacramento landed anywhere but the one spot, we would get their pick. Now we already, now the Celtics already had the 20th and the 22nd pick in the first round and now they get the lottery pick a top 14 player in the league. That's pretty dope. I, I, I'm a, I'm, I don't mind. We get three picks in the first round. We can at least get a, at least a gold, possible gold mine out of two of them and maybe not get knocked down in the conference semi-fucking finals. Anyway, moving on, the Hawks felt they were big winners too. After getting two top 10 picks, there are always good players, said Hawks guard Kevin Werther, the number 19 pick in last year's draft and part of Atlanta's contingent at the lottery. Every team just has to go out and find them and quote, UCF center tackle fall the seven foot six hopeful played against Williamson in the second round of the NCAA tournament a 77 76 2 victory that went down to the very last moment a game where Williamson scored 32 points fall was asked Tuesday who he would take with the number one pick in this draft and he did not hesitate for even a second before answering Zion fall said he's a once in a generation player I'd seen him on TV a lot but when you play against this kid you just see it he's different Murray State's John Morant, projected by many as a strong candidate to be chosen number two overall, was among the players in the audience viewing the proceedings. I don't have any reaction, Morant said. I was just excited to be here and be in the position that I'm in and just to see how well it all played out. Honestly, I don't know what number or where I'll land. Obviously, whatever team drives me, I'll be happy to go there and bring it every night, end quote. Williamson was one of th- three now former Duke starters at the lottery. RJ Barrett and Cam Reddish were among the invited players, invited players as well. Barrett and Reddish don't know where they're heading. Williamson now has a pretty good idea. Aided by a lucky tie that came from Cavaliers executive Jeff Cohen, the one Cohen war, Cohen war, for all three of Cleveland's lottery wins and one Griffin insisted he get to use this year, along with an angel pin that belonged to his grandmother and the winning ping pong ball combination of 7-4-12-13. I don't know what that means, but it gets him the number one spot. Griffin is already off to a flying start in New Orleans, and maybe Davis will be more interested in staying now. Now, this is a big quote from Griffin. I don't quote, I don't think it'll play into it hugely. If he was open-minded to believing that we could build a winner around him, he's more open-minded to it. We're going to build something that we hope everyone wants to be a part of, and I believe very strongly. Anthony's going to be going to want to be part of that no matter whether we win this or not. I think when you have elite talent, that tends to attract other truly elite talent, end quote. Now, I said I would get into the whole Knicks thing really quick because the biggest reaction came from Knicks fans. Knicks fans thought they had it in the bag. I saw the video at one draft party where they had all the fans. Everyone was waiting on it. They got three and all of them were just mad. Just mad. Just tight. <laughs> and you know the New York Post came out oh Zion all this stuff and then three <laughs> I mean because I honestly thought I wasn't picking just to get it. I mean the Knicks definitely had a shot the biggest shot to get it and if they got it they knew it was, Williamson would be going to New York blah, blah, blah. now we know and the surprise the biggest surprise of course was New Orleans If they, I mean, they still have the chance to get Kyrie and, K, and uh, KD. The opportunity is still there, but when free agency actually starts on June 30th at 6 p.m. instead of July 1st at midnight, which is a big deal for a lot of fans and talent included. But still a big shock because now I'm not saying there's an actual drop off in talent. Zion Williamson showed and he showed me really in the NCAA tournament that he is the best player in the country so if Williamson to New Orleans is a is is the move for New Orleans that front court is going to be beastly 
We already have Davis, who's literally one of the best players in the league. I think he shaved the unibrow. I hope he did. You know, it, it's just a better look for him. Thumbs up if he did. But now, now think about now. Like I said, it's not definitive until we get to June 20th, and they say his name with the first overall pick. The New Orleans Pelicans select Zion Williamson forward from Duke University. But now it's starting. To, now that front court is very intriguing. Now you got two big guys, and mind you, Williamson's like 285. He's no small guy. And, you know, with a little work, he could be one of the best players in the league. Upon, not upon his arrival, but definitely give it a couple of years, he could definitely be one of the best players in the planet. He's that good. Okay, Facebook, go fuck yourself. Um, <laughs> but it's very, very now, now very intriguing to see what they do. If, if Williamson does go to... Uh, New Orleans, now they have to build more around Davis. If that's the goal, if that's what you know they're really trying to do, then sky's the limit at that point. Sky's truly the fucking limit. And then, you know, maybe go through, you know, maybe maybe they get to the playoffs, you know, seven, eight seed. Who knows? Um, but if they start building around Davis, if that's the main goal, and you then you have then you start attracting talent to come to New Orleans. And you know, fight for a chance. Not for you know, probably you know, be top four in the league soon. A couple in a couple years, you know. If that's now the goal, then you get Williamson. You don't worry about R.J. Barrett. You don't worry about tackle fall. You don't worry about Cam Reddish. You don't worry about anything other than Zion Williamson. If that's your key to keeping Davis in New Orleans, possibly Zion Williamson wouldn't be a bad pickup. Zion Williamson wouldn't. You know, and now Memphis, you know, and then Memphis would get John Morant, presumably, of course. Like I said, it's not definitive until we get to June 20th. And then we'll go from there. But this is a big surprise. Um, and the new format made me laugh my ass off when I first read it. Like, I, I saw it, I read it, and I'm just like, oh, my God. They stopped tanking. They stopped. They're stopping teams from tanking. I lost my shit. But yeah, that that's my those are my thoughts on the NBA draft lottery. Congratulations to the New Orleans Pelicans who got the first pick. And if you get Williamson, it's a Derek, very good step forward for y'all to get Anthony Davis to stay around, you know, for a few more years. So this next article really kind of pissed me off because it was really stupid. It's really like I don't like to talk about societal issues on here but it is called the young lions perspective and even though i am you know recognized as a millennial and i'm doing air quotes around that i don't you know the millennials you see on like public tv and all this shit i'm not that i don't think like that i don't eat avocado toast no that's that no that just never crossed my mind to put avocados and on toast and then eat it you know guacamole good that that's good and if you put bacon in it even better <laughs> i don't you know do that hipster shit i don't you know whine and bitch and moan about every little thing that doesn't go my way and wanting free shit and all this nonsense and this particular issue just makes me want to miss me it really makes me pissed off and want to laugh at the same time this is from cbs news this is actually from earlier in the month on May 9th, but I definitely wanted to wait until today to actually do it. Cubs fan is banned for life after flashing, and I'm doing this in air quotes, white power sign behind black reporter. <gasps> yeah, if now for all y'all that know the white power, this is air quotes again, white power sign. It's literally the okay sign, dude. Literally, and I'm just going to put it to you this way. This dude got banned for life for flashing the OK sign. Or actually, the way they had it was the, it's the uh, I forgot what the, the game is called, but it's kind of like it's the OK sign in reverse, and you leave it under your, like, uh, as long as it's like underneath your waist and they see it, you get to punch them in the arm. That's how I learned it. That's how the game is played. Otherwise, you just, you know, make fun of the dude for like, ah, you saw it, little bitch type shit. Yeah. Dude got banned from Wrigley Field for the rest of his life for throwing up the OK sign. That's basically what this headline says. 
they just try to make it they just try to flip it and just you know you know put white power behind black reporter and make it all sound like it's like the biggest thing since fucking avocado toast or whatever the fuck literally i can as long as i can translate it from dumb shit to english basically do got banned for throwing up the okay sign while doug landville was doing uh some reporting on the uh not on the field like, uh, like a field report so i, I just want to get into this article real quick because i was just laughing the cubs have identified and banned a fan who flashed a air quotes again white power hand gesture during the broadcast of tuesday night's game against the marlins team president theo epstein made the announcement on wednesday at a news conference, Epstein said the team was able to determine the fan's name and said he could never set foot inside Wrigley Field again. We've made it clear how egregious and unacceptable, Epstein said. That behavior has no place for it in our society, in baseball, and certainly no place for it at Wrigley Field. The person responsible for that gesture will never be welcomed back at Wrigley Field. I think it's important to have a strong response to send a message that, is, that this is a place of inclu- inclusion. I hate that. Oh my god. The the stupid. The, the stupid. Anyway, NBC Sports Chicago reporter Doug Glanville, who was black. See, this this is why I don't read shit like this most of the time. I, I have to do this like once a month because it's just the stupid. This the stupidity of reporting. Like we know he black. We see him play on the field, stupid. Was on air. During the third inning of the Cubs game against the Marlins when a fan made the hand gesture, a silent symbol for it. Again, doing air quotes, white power. Many on Twitter noticed and expressed their shock. Uh, this is from, you know, Chad Rehan. Am I seeing things or is this the jack wagon behind Glanville flashing the white supremacy sign? Uh, another one said, is this guy making a white power sign behind Doug Glanville at Wrigley? The origins of the gesture, which resembles an OK sign, can be traced back to trolls on the internet message board 4chan, who invented invented it as a hoax, according to the Anti-Defamation League, which tracks the activities of hate groups, and has since evolved into a symbol used by members of of the alt-right and white supremacists. <laughs> oh my fucking god! Just, just let this stupid shower over you. You can laugh along with me. It's perfectly fine. Hours after the incident was caught on camera, Cubs president of business operations Crane Kenny said in a statement to CBS Chicago that the team was investigating the incident. An individual seated behind Mr. Glanville used what appears to be an offensive hand gesture that is associated with racism. Kenny said such ignorant and re- repulsive behavior is not tolerated at Wrigley Field. End quote. The Cubs said if fans see any derogatory behavior at Wrigley Field, they should report it to ballpark staff. The team said any fan who does something like this during a game will be removed and permanently banned. First and foremost, whoever wrote that article is any. Just gonna put that out there right now. Second of all, people. I understand it's 2019. I understand. I, I'm gonna get real weird and serious and for a moment what the fuck I'm okay I'm definitely not gonna read that part of the okay anyway let me get serious for a moment it's 2019 ladies and gentlemen no I did not assume your genders I'm calling you ladies and gentlemen because that's how it goes Society has, has gone super left, and I don't mean that in any political form. It's just gone super left, you know. Pardon my slang. But when something as just simple as a okay sign to someone somehow constitutes as racist, that that's when I facepalm. That's when I facepalm hard as shit. Because it's just so dumb. Everything apparent now we live in now living and if you've really been living under a rock, God bless you. Society has gone and has gone so PC that's gotten to the point where a hand signal, you know, to signal if someone is okay or not, somehow is offensive to somebody is more than likely the dumbest shit I've heard. It used to be when, you know, you hurt yourself, like with my mom. Worst thing I probably ever did in my life, I backflipped off a fence. 
Landed horribly long, wrong by the way. Could have broke, could have fucked my neck up. You know, I was fine. You know, at that point, you know, parents should be there to make sure you're good, take it to the hospital if necessary. But like, if I fell, I, I you know, my mom told me to get back up. You're okay. All that good stuff. You know, cartoons were funnier. More innuendo. SpongeBob. You know, nothing. I mean, you can you can say the word retard and not get like busted for it. Yeah, and depending on the person you're saying it to, yes, to that person, offensive. But you know, certain things we used to say. Now, apparently, for somehow, is racist and and and, and, and incites hate speech. Um, but if I call you a dumbass, you're a dumbass. That offends you. That's a you problem, not a me problem. Don't be a dumbass. <laughs> anyway, but we live in in a time where you know. I'm not gonna get. Oh man, I'm just gonna get weird. Just just don't mind my shit. We just live in a time where it, it has gone completely full retard. Robert Downey Jr. said in Entropic Thunder, you never go full retard. We've gone full retard. Seriously. Maybe that's another day. No, another show for another day. Somewhere down the line, I can suck. I'm just going to say some shit off my chest and just be whatever. But for the sake of this article, this Cubs fan who just got banned for life after an, you know, playing, hell, he could have been playing the game on television. Real shit. You don't know that. Think outside the box. You know, if they still got the, you know, the I think it's called the circle game or some shit. You know, playing a circle game. Dude has it underneath his waist. Trying to make his friends see it. If they still have that continuing game going on. Dude might have seen this and fuck. I'm going to get punched in the arm when I see his ass. Honestly, you don't know. But I find it very, very... very very odd okay okay anyway that at any given moment a particular word hand signal you know having the wrong ideals ideologically you're different than someone else that makes you somehow a Nazi you know, again, home racist. For those of you who don't know, I'm a, I'm a mixed race. I'm black and white. My mother's black. My dad's white. If someone actually literally called me a racist, I'd be like, dude, I'm I'm like literally half half and half. I I just find I just find it really dumb, stupid, foolish, nonsensical beyond you know actual thought excuse me that a simple hand gesture and I'm literally doing the hand gesture right now I'm doing the okay sign can get a person banned from a stadium <clears throat> excuse me I, I just I, it's just so it's just gone so dumb and seriously the it's literally an okay sign. There's nothing wrong with this. The way the article was written, though, was just, it was definitely trying to put an agenda out there for sure. An actual agenda. And that's how, that's not how news should be reported. To be truthfully honest, that's why I don't watch the news. I don't watch the news. I, all I literally do when I'm home and I'm not working on certain things, I'm watching ESPN. It's literally ESPN, MLB Network, NHL. I rarely watch anything else. Because I know the news is stupid. You know, it's gone crazy. On certain channels, of which I will not name because you know which one if you know if you're smart, you know which ones they are. And if you lean that way, it bees what it bees, but this ain't you know. But you know, something needs to change. And you know, Theo Epstein honestly looks like I'm not saying he looks like an idiot because I'm not trying to I'm not like I don't try to be political in any sense of the word, but that, I mean, it's for a, for an okay sign, you get banned. Worst things could happen. 
than an okay sign in a game. Soccer matches, you see fucking, uh, you know, people running out on the field trying to high five, you know, their favorite player. They get jail. <laughs> Just saying. Yeah, girls running on the field touching players' butts. Doesn't happen as often, but it has happened. I don't know what happened to her, but hopefully she got jailed too. Dude got banned from a from Wrigley Field for throwing up an OK sign while Doug Glanville was dude conducting an interview. That's dumb as shit. That's probably the dumbest thing reason for a banning I've probably ever heard in my entire life. At least you have legitimate reason for a person to be doing like, like if they literally did something to the point where you know it could get you banned starting a fight ran into the field and assaulting a player um saying people get banned for a lot worse than what he did and for for the Cubs to do that just sounds dumb I, I just can't I can't explain it any easier than that so finally to round out episode two of Outside the Ropes. We talking Aisha Curry. I, of course, if you know about this whole situation and what she stated about Steph Curry. Well, not actual Steph Curry but what she said about the whole situation basically stating that you know she feels she doesn't get enough male attention oh my god yeah I mean let me see if I can find the quote on here like, like, basically stating, you know, she's very insecure. Has, has some insecurities. Um, this is probably, this is from her interview. I didn't literally, I couldn't find the actual article. But this is a little, a little bit of it. I have zero. And I quote, I have zero. This sounds weird, but like male attention. So then I begin to internalize it. And I'm like, is something wrong with me? Curry later added, I don't want it. But it'd be nice to know that someone's looking. And... That pretty much sent off a firestorm of just craziness from people. And this this is why I wanted to wait to talk about it. Because, well, it's not a really good look for you to be talking about, you know, you not getting male attention. Feel me? Like, I'm trying to figure out the right words to say this because this I don't want to go off on a fucking rant and just, you know, just say every curse words I know under the sun. For you to say that you don't get enough male attention just tells me that, you know, you're not satisfied. For real, for real. Let's keep it up. Let's keep it 100. Steph Curry. Arguably will go down as one of the best shooters of all time. That boy can shoot a three in his sleep. Makes 40 million a year, to my knowledge. You got three beautiful kids. Of course, Riley being the most prominent one because she had the fucking announcement table do conducting her own interviews, which I think are fucking hilarious. I live in a dope house very nice community you're taking care of you're being provided for you got your only thing going on with food network you're doing very well for yourself all of a fucking sudden you decide to go on Jada Pinkett's show and say you don't get enough attention ooh ooh mm. yeah that's a can of worms you don't open that's being dead ass serious. You honestly keep that in house. That that's the real deal, Holyfield. Like that that's as real as it gets for me. 
you like have you ever miss Ayesha Curry if you ever listen to this podcast in the near future let me break it down for you darling maybe it didn't think about the part where maybe just maybe men actually respect your marriage men actually you know are cool with the fact that hey that's Steph's wife that's Steph's woman you know don't worry about that you know look at you know we got we got five of them over there man well hello at them but that's Steph's wife I guarantee you she did not think about that at all. Not at all. And that that's what honestly kind of pisses me off. That you have this really good dude who is literally one of the best players in the entire world at the, at the sport he plays. In the biggest league in the world. And you can't appreciate the fact that you got a really good dude. And then you got to blur out some dumb shit talking about, I don't get enough male attention. She's not satisfied. It's crazy to me. And, and you got to think too. Her mom's was there. Mother, mother-in-law, I'm trying to see, I'm trying, I can't remember which, but yeah, a, a mother was there. And if it was Steph's mom, from what I've been hearing, and I've been hearing mother-in-law, but the most what most I've been hearing is Steph's mom. If if Steph's mom was literally there, and Aisha actually said that out loud, if that's her mom, if that's Steph's mom there, I should have. I if I were Steph's mom, I would have been on her ass talking about oh, what. We talking about you need male attention for when you you know you have you married to my son. Her and if it was her mom, if it was her mom, her mom should have done the same shit. Instead of them, you know, talking about you know, oh, you know, blah 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 blah, blah, blah or whatever the hell they were saying. I really didn't give a shit. All I heard was what she said. I'm just like, hmm. Now you got to think. That when she said that, it was in the midst of like the latter end of the Warriors Rocket series. I think it was around game five when this was about to go down. It happened before game five, I know that. You gotta think, Steph's about to play a critical game five. You know, because they were 2 2 at this point, a very, very critical game five at home. They went on to win both, you know, five and six. But still, if I'm Steph, that that would have been on the back of my mind, and that would have pissed me off, and that probably would have led me to actually have a good game if I was playing right. But what really bothers me is it's not more. It's, I mean, what Aisha said definitely bothers the fuck out of me. But that, you know, her mother, mother-in-law wasn't, you know, didn't, you know, get on her ass for it, you know. And from what I'm seeing. Steph didn't get on that ass either. This is from USA Today Life. Steph Curry praises Aisha following her Red Table Talk confession. Keep being you. Aisha Curry is getting support from her husband, Stefan, following the buzz and backlash stemming from her appearance on Red Table Talk Monday. The Warren State Warriors basketball player shared his praise on his Instagram story early Friday. Quote, proud of you for being authentic and putting yourself out there, not being afraid of potential bullshit and nonsense that could and did come at you. Read text over a photo of the couple married since 2011. Way more positive than negative with all of this. Keep being you. I love you. End quote. Curry, a cookbook author and TV host, opened up on the Facebook Watch series hosted by Jada Pickett-Smith, Willow Smith, and Andrian Banfield-Norris about her self-doubt stemming from a lack of male attention. She took to Instagram with her thoughts Wednesday. I quote, I have never been one to cage my feelings and emotions to any capacity. She captioned a photo of herself tossing a pair of Spanx into a Marie Kondo-esque bin. I am human. It brings me pure joy to speak my mind, be vulnerable at times, and to know myself inside and out. End quote. 
Noting that May is Mental Health Awareness Month, Curry said that she wanted to encourage everyone to speak their truth regardless of perception, fitting into a mold or offending someone because it's your truth and that's okay. Quote, I am, if, if what, I'm not afraid to say out loud, being a 30-year-old mama of three helps another woman like me feel like they're not, like they're not alone and not the only one with the insecurity because we all have them, don't play, then, make that, then that makes all of this hoopla worth it. She continued, if you get the chance to watch the actual Red Table Talk and not the headlines and rumors, please do. There is so much more depth to the talk, and our family is grateful to Jada Pickett-Smith for giving us the opportunity to bond together, she added. As women, let's continue to uplift, empower, and not suppress our, and compress our feelings and thoughts as fleeting as some of them may be. In conclusion, she said, love to you all. Go find your joy and speak your truth unapologetically. On Red Table Talk, Curry opened up about how it makes her feel when women fawn over her husband. Quote, something that really bothers me and honestly has given me a sense of a little bit of an insecurity is the fact that, yeah, there are all these women like throwing themselves at him, but me, like the past 10 years, I don't have any of that. I have zero, this sounds weird, but like male attention. And so then I begin to internalize it and I'm like, is something wrong with me? That's the quote, by the way. That's the fucking quote. So, moving further along, Pinkett Smith, you know, reminded her guest, you're beautiful. Don't ever think for one minute that it ain't no, ain't no, some, whoever, what the fuck? Ain't no, this is, I'm saying it as it has been put out here. Ain't no some man out there looking at you like I wish. And I'm gonna tell you who knows that more than anybody, your husband. Naturally, Twitter had opinions. A holy woman like Aisha wants attentions from the dogs, the tweet read. Aisha is married to a great man that she has kids with, but is worried about not getting male attention. What the? Come with grandma, damn it. Male attention, and the person wrote, adding a confused emoji. Others agreed with her. I don't look for the attention of other men, but it is nice knowing that, damn, like, damn, I still got it, regardless of if I'm a man or not. Having strangers compliment you makes you feel good every now and then. Another wrote, I'm in a secure relationship, but others acknowledge me being pretty or smart makes me feel good. Some came to Curry's defense. People hear Aisha Curry. What the fuck? Go down, damn it. Uh, people hating Aisha Curry for admitting how she feels is fucking backwards to me. Damn. The fuck? Okay, fucking advertisements is so stupid. Read one post. We're all insecure in some areas. She shouldn't be getting crucified for telling her truth. I can't believe you guys are still talking about Aisha. Leave the girl alone. Let her express herself and however she's feeling. On Facebook, a user wrote, Don't worry, we are looking but giving respect to your man because we love him, but you are super hot. And it goes on and fucking on and fucking on. I'm gonna be real with y'all ladies for a second. And this this may piss some of y'all off. And I'm gonna understand, and I'm understanding of that. I can accept that. It bees what it bees. But you got to understand that when your man is of certain status, women are going to flock all over his ass and do anything in their power to steal him away from you. It's just a matter of life. It is what it is. And you know it just as well as I do. I'm going to take a sip of my drink here. We don't spill tea. We talk shit. And when your man is of certain status, like I said, women are going to flock all over his ass because he's got status, money, and he's good at what he does, playing basketball. You, my dear, you ladies, you are the lady of said dude. You need to understand that, yes, women are going to flock to him. And yes, you will get some sort of insecurity. I understand that. But you got a thing. They have been together for for a hot minute. And what the crazy part is, and from what I've heard in certain, uh, we're listening to YouTube channels about the situation and all that, that, you know, he's kind of been chasing her since like high school. And she curved him. Then, 
they get together in college. You know, you're playing for Davidson, doing your thing. He goes to the Warriors, becomes the big name in the city, winning championships, shooting threes out the fucking gym. From Bangladesh, you can make that shit. You know. And now he's one of the most sought-after dudes on in the NBA. Women want that shit. Women want him. They know what you got, and they want a piece of that, and they want to take him away from you, honey. That is... That... What, what Aisha Curry said definitely should have been kept in-house. I get that you feel some type of way, Aisha. I really do. But that's something you just literally don't blurt out there. You don't... Because you gotta, like, you really gotta think about it. Yeah, Steph Curry could probably say, oh, you know... And, the, and now, don't worry, I'll get to him in a minute because I'll roast his ass. You know, and yeah, sure, Steph supports you, but seriously... Let's keep let's 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 just keep it all the way real here. That's something that should have not been said in public. It really shouldn't have. And that that's what really pisses me off about this. Just brought it out there. I'm not getting attention. You're married. And men respect that. And you see Steph getting all this attention, all this stuff. Women flocking to him. You remember the one shit, the one bad little motherfucker that was, I think that was last year, was just staring at him, undressing him like a motherfucker. She wanted that that night. Boy was shooting out the gym that night. I think he was, he was killing it with the threes. Homegirl was like, uh-huh. I want some of that. And a homegirl butt hurt because she is not getting the same attention from dudes. Now, I now my rationale personally, you know, I find that is true disrespect. I get I get that, you know, you crave that attention. Women, don't lie. Y'all want attention. Y'all want attention more than y'all want money. That's real shit. As long as you're getting attention from a dude, you know, your day, success. Um, now it's a problem. Now, you got to think about that. Because I'm sure she's still getting heat about that. And I'm sure Steph Curry's, you know, thought about it. Steph Curry. Not a good look, my dude. Like I said, I'm going to... <laughs> Like I said, I'm going to get him because I have to get him. I hope and I really and I really, really, really do hope that Steph got on her ass. <laughs> uh, so, sorry about that. I was I'm watching a highly questionable right now. And somebody did some dumb shit. Uh, <laughs> but seriously, I hope in private Steph got on her ass. But from the way their relationship had started and how it blossomed and all that stuff, I don't think he's made like that. I don't think he got on her ass for it. He should have. He really should have. It maybe it's just me. Maybe it's just my thought. But I know I'm gonna piss somebody off saying this. Steph should have been like, "Yo, that's we don't we don't do that, for real." Like seriously, I would have banned. I personally would have banned her from every home game, as long as I was in the playoffs. I would have got an Airbnb and stayed there for a little bit. Seriously. And like I said, I've been wanting to talk about this for a really good minute. And I'm I'm, I'm trying not to get too ideological with this because my ideals are kind of different. But seriously, from all sides, she should have got the roasting of a lifetime from... You know, if her mom, if her mom or mother-in-law was actually there, and from Steph, we knew people on Twitter were gonna clap at her for that shit. That's just something you don't do. To me personally, that's disrespectful. And if you were just my girlfriend saying that shit, you would have been gone. Yes, 
yes, I am my own focus. And that's how it be. But if you're my girl and you want, you know, more attention, I will tell you to literally go find attention somewhere else and go about my shit and just, you know, call it a day with the relationship. You know, if you want to be cool with me, yes, be cool with me and we be together. But you just, yo, yeah, don't be, because again, men respect marriage more than women do nowadays. And that's, and I'm going to, I'm going to piss somebody off with that. Men really do respect marriage. You know, I, you know, I know a few of my friends who have gotten married. About three or four of my friends have gotten married. I'm not going to step to their lady and try to run game on them and try to get with them. No, that's just something that's not in the cards. You know, I know them personally. I've met their dogs. I may have met their children. You know, it's just something most men shouldn't do. Like men shouldn't do that period. You know. If lady, if you don't know that she's married, that's totally different. Then that's the whole situation in and of itself. But if you know personally she's married, trust me, more than half the world is filled with women. You can find one somewhere else, my guy. I'm telling you, that's real shit. You know, you can, there's more than enough women to go have fun with. We'll keep it a buck with that. But I, I just, I just saw that as a very bad look for her. And a very bad look for Steph for not really getting on her neck. Like I said, I know this is gonna piss some of y'all off, and it and it is what it is. But I'm not. I told you from day one. If if you don't like what I bring to the table on this show, this this show ain't for you. That's as real as it gets. I mean, maybe one day Aisha will understand that you know she's got a really good dude. That she should have never curved in the first place. But Steph was an idiot for chasing her. You know. You want to talk more about that? You can hit me up on Twitter. At Sweet Senator WWI. We can talk about that. We can. I talk about everything. You know, anything and everything if I have knowledge of it. It, it I mean, it's just, you know, ladies, don't don't put that out there. Don't put don't put if put it this way. If you're, if and this is how it should be for dudes, period, you know, and this is just me personally. If I find out you told your girlfriends about something that has happened in our relationship that I don't know about, that's a problem. To me, that's a problem. You know, if you want to, if we have had been having a little conversation and trying to hash something out and then you want to get a second opinion. That's different. I know about it. But if you just go to your girlfriends and just run, you know, just talk about this little shit, you know, like what if you just ran to your girlfriend and say, I, I'm, not, I'm not getting enough attention to all that stuff. And he doesn't know about that. He's going to feel some type of way. And so do I. And that that's just something I want to put out there. You know, that that should be in-house. And should be talked about with you and your man, Aisha. That was a that was a very terrible move on your part, and the roasting you're getting is well deserved. So that is outside the ropes episode two. We're gonna take a little break here from our sponsor, and then we're gonna close out the show and tell you what's gonna be going down tomorrow. We'll be right back. Well, guys, that's going to be it for episode two of Outside the Ropes. I want to thank you guys so much for taking time out of your day, your night, your afternoon, your evening, wherever you may be, wherever you are in the world. Thank you guys so much for checking out this episode of the podcast. I greatly and truly appreciate it. If you enjoyed this episode of the podcast, don't hesitate to tell a friend. Tell a friend with the Young Lions perspective. Share it across your social media, your Instagram, your Twitter, and, of course, your Facebook. You still have a Facebook. And let the people know that the Young Lions perspective is your alternative to professional wrestling podcast and outside stuff. Uh, professional wrestling and that we are here to stay if you want to listen to this episode and any of the other 70 episodes of the young lions perspective i said 70 
including now two episodes of the Outside the Ropes subset of the podcast and, of course, The Secret Files. And there's about three or four of those. But you don't happen to have the Anchor app. Do not worry. You can find this episode across nine platforms, including Anchor. And, of course, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, and, of course, that good old Spotify fam. Search for the Young Lions Perspective podcast and you should have no problem finding it whatsoever if you want to stay up to date with everything that's going on with the young lines perspective you can follow me on twitter at sway senator wwy and instagram at young underscore lines underscore perspective follow me on both of those platforms to stay up to date with everything that's going on with the podcast in and of itself so tomorrow money in the bank preview and predictions it's going down i'm kind of excited to see how it's gonna go but, like I said, I have not seen the full card as of yet, so I'm just going to go off what I see with the card. I haven't really watched wrestling in the last two weeks with Raw and SmackDown, so we'll see how it goes. I'm curious to see what to think of what I'm going to do and how I would book it. And we'll talk about that all tomorrow, episode 71 of the Young Lions Perspective, tomorrow afternoon. Until next time, guys, I hope you enjoy your night. NXT is going down this evening, and, of course, the replay of NXT UK. So until tomorrow, guys, have a good one. We'll talk soon for episode 71 of the podcast. See you!